I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hi, welcome to the Try Hards podcast. I feel like you're a guest because you're all dressed up <laughs> with your neck brace on. Yeah, I'm a floating head at the moment. Head. Um, how are you today? Yeah, I'm okay. I've woken up with a bit of a headache actually, but um, I'm raring to go. The sun is out. It's beautiful autumnal or maybe even wintry day today. I don't think it is winter yet because my mum always tells me off because it's not winter isn't actually until like december january i think our season's all over the place to be honest anyway i came home from work at about eight o'clock last night so it was pitch black and i had to get a cab back from bbc because it was dark and obviously we're in lockdown there are issues with buses and trains and one of my neighbors put their christmas decorations up yesterday so honestly their christmas decorations are up (laughs) people just sort of sod it let's just do something all right let's just put christmas to- <laughs> I, I came back and i was like oh like oh that looked i thought there was a disco going on obviously we're in lockdown so maybe <laughs> a disco and then i thought oh no they've actually put their christmas decorations up and you now know i'm really worried that I, i'm not going to tell my mum because she is gagging to get that tree up i reckon a lot of people are even i have commented about christmas decorations this year and that's not me like we're okay. normally a you know 21st of the month in De- in december not yeah. november type of family um yeah even i've been like you know what as soon as as soon as that first of december the the clock strikes 12 they i think everyone's going to be going oh, mad yeah. for it. and it's a sunday as well so she's like i've got the whole day to do it i'm like i don't know how that's different to any other day because you don't have a job but okay um <laughs> and in lockdown and in lockdown hey we won't be in lockdown gutted um i do have to I say i definitely I, wouldn't joke about that well i'm really like i'm gutted obviously for like all my english friends who are now going into lockdown but i have to say the past so we've obviously been in lockdown for the past 10 days the amount of like patronizing condescending messages and stuff I've had from English friends going, how are you guys over there? And now I'm like, how are you guys over there? Like, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you just said you like generalized friends because you can't put me in that bracket. Cause I, I just am like, all right, mate, forget. Yeah, you're <laughs> <gonna> deal with <laughs> it. Um, 
I feel like we are really skirting around the elephant in the room at the moment. And I know that you obviously want to make a big fuss about it. And I'm sure that you've got some sort of award or trophy for me, but I did win the match pint legends. We league on the weekend. <laughs> you know what? I went into pure tapping panic on my phone as Finn Russell had the ball and was like, realised this like moment of, I haven't done my match right. <laughs> and I literally was like, load, load. And he kicked the ball. And I was like, it's done. I am done. <laughs> I was um, really worried. I thought, I thought you might go for Wales. And I thought this is my moment to swipe the lead. Um, and then I think it, it's been brilliant that you've won. I, I, I think two tryhards in the medals um, is brilliant. However, um, I think it's bigger news you went against Wales. I know, but do you know what? Sometimes you just have to swallow your pride. My biggest no. fear was that Jim was going to steal it for me on the final day because <laughs> he was resurgent on the final day. And then in... France Island I had France by four and he had France by ten and at one point if he got a perfect score he would have beaten me mate I had it them by 15 and then the sods let in the last try so (laughs) it went by five I was like really and I'd actually said to one of my French friends I'm calling France by 15 and he was literally like are you a complete freak? Because he, <laughs> we're like new friends, so he didn't really know about match point, didn't really know how into it, obviously, we have been. Um, but anyway, well done. Well done. You. Um, I do, you have to spare a thought for the people at match point and their marketing budget, considering that they set up a Legends League, probably had a question mark over putting me in it and then thought, well, it's okay, she won't win it. And now they can't celebrate which legend has won because the non-legend <laughs> won wow. the Legends League. <laughs> You are a legend in our, in the tryhards. I'm try a legend hard, in my own uh, lifetime. Exactly. I'm a exactly. legend in my own living room, as my dad but said. But we do need to send out a few presents. So people that are on our league, well done. We're sending high fives at the moment. There's about 50 people who I need to post things to. I am going to, on Monday, I will be at the post office. Obviously, we've been in lockdown, so that's been, I can't go and get postage bags. So the list of people, so Charlie Wagner, from Laureus, I've got a parcel to send to him. Uh, Maggie Alfonsi and Artie, I've got a, a, something to send. The Gullivers, I've been telling them I was going to send something for the past six months. In fact, part of what we're going to send them literally arrived the day before lockdown one and has been in the boot of my car since pre-COVID. Yeah, although they actually sent me something. They've um, Ben started a new business up. Um, yeah with um, what makes me laugh so it's like um, a hydration drink called rescue um, but in the advertising I'm pretty sure it's like kind of sports nutrition you know when you've been training and have this thing it also says about like recovering from drinking too much and I was literally like this is this could be a perfect thing for LJ because she makes out she's an athlete but actually (laughs) I am an athlete so don't be mean to me um Um, if darts players can be called athletes I can find something that qualifies as being an athlete well recovery drink but it means like let's be honest 
the only time I've ever bought a sports top bottle of Lucozade is not for sport. It's when I'm absolutely hanging and I'm like, right, what's going to save me a Lucozade or a Capri Sun? So <laughs> Capri Sun's well, but anyway, um, to be fair, I've, I've tried it and um, I'm quite impressed. It's all right, actually. Is it, is it your kind of like Pocari sweat kind of vibe? Yeah, a little bit lemony, a little bit, um, yeah, it's good. I feel like it's doing something. It's one of those drinks that you're like, I'm, I'm drinking this not necessarily like a pint of squash. I'm drinking it because this has got value to my, my insides. Ooh, so you're saying <laughs> that like just a tiny sip for me and it's going to have a huge difference <laughs> during the lack of hydration. Maybe this is going to be the key to me hydrating better. Yeah. Anyway, good luck with that, Ben, because... Um, I think it's really cool that people are being creative and um, looking outside the box just in terms of businesses. And, you know, we, as in our household, we're, we've been reflecting on what we do work-wise with Simone working in hospitality and how that industry has completely been napalmed. So, um, yeah, good luck with it, because I know um, having been a rugby player and then coaching, um obviously george works in the nhs but i think it's it hopefully will be good, something for them to get their teeth into yeah i think a lot of people are probably looking around at like what other like options careers jobs and this is um certainly made people reflect on things as you say and you know i had a conversation the other day with somebody who said that our generation are the first generation that will have multiple careers so not a case of like having multiple jobs but we won't have because we're going to work for longer, we're going to have more than one career in our lifetime. So I just, I'm just thinking like, what's my next career? Cause I've, TV has been like number one. Hand, hand modeling maybe as we discussed with those little. Uh... Oh, do you know, I'm glad you brought that up because this, um, Nolly, obviously you were the, uh, big time pundit on the women's six nations. Highlight. I thought you were going to say Gloucestershire sports personality. <laughs> professional sports personality of the year uh but as well as being Gloucestershire professional sports personality of the year you were the pundit on the women's six nations highlights on the weekend on bbc uh yourself and sarah orchard was great to watch from a very dark twickenham stadium um i thought you did a great job and i really enjoyed the zoom chat that you did with sunter i thought it was like you looked like you were like gagging to be back on a rugby pitch oh. celebs but it was really good and it was really nice to watch but mate could they not have found an angle that didn't have your bony claw hand <laughs> the front. i was like this i know it's halloween weekend but this is like a horror film oh apart from my hands being in shot which i'm always a little bit devastated about um it was a it, it was the first time i felt really sad that i i felt like a parent on the sideline do you know what I mean like really really proud of the girls but I was just so desperate to be part of it and you know those parents <laughs> you know the ones your um, mum's one yeah exactly and um, had a big sue moment but uh it was really lush and seeing all of the girls in the background what was really funny was the zoom I connected to the zoom and um, they were all going wild. So I'd said to Sinta, like, get in the mix with the girls. So they were going wild and it was amazing. But they hadn't set up the cameras from our end and we weren't quite, like, all, it was all sorted. Um, and so I was like, hang on, like, trying to, like, 
stop them because I was like this is amazing footage just stop and do it again um but yeah it was really cool um and then Poppy Cleal dancing around with the the cup on her head singing um yeah I think it's brilliant on your head yeah Um, and and the fact that the BBC then put it on their Instagram and um on the website I, I think that's the type of moments that you want to be able to see as a fan you know like the real celebrations not the boring yeah. interviews at the end like talking about processes of winning a grand slam like that's what it is about it's just I also think it's really important winning. for the England girls to be able to showcase that because that I've had a few conversations with people in the past week about there is and obviously coming from a Welsh person, I can recognise this and it's something that I think is really unfair on the England girls. It was like, well, they've already won it, so it doesn't matter. Like, it's a massive achievement to win a Grand Slam. And regardless of whether the girls were favourites going into the tournament, regardless of how many professional contracts, you know, you can only play what's in front of you. They maintained that. They've played well. They've won another Grand Slam, back-to-back Grand Slams. They deserve to have that celebration. And for anybody to look upon it and be like, well, they, they already knew that they'd won it. I just think it's really unfair and and I do I have to say and as a Welsh person I don't think that we we talk about any other nation like that we wouldn't say it about the Irish girls if they'd won it we wouldn't say it about the Welsh girls the French girls we would let them have their moments so I think it's really important that we let the England girls and celebrate what they did on the weekend yeah I think what's cool is there's actually been a huge amount of players that have been involved in that. And looking back, because um, it just uh, seemed like so long ago, all of the Six Nations games in February and March. And I had this, like, looking back at the footage when they won down in Po, um, in France, and the crowds and, like, the intensity of that match, and then watching them play in Wales, um, against Wales at the Stoop with a sellout crowd. You know, I was like, oh, my God, like, this tournament. And, and you know what? seeing actually you know I know how gutted and disappointed um Fleeto is and also McKenna you know both of them are injured and you know seeing her score tries and running through people and in an awesome shape I'm like oh my god like these girls have put in so much this season yeah. and like you say it is cool for them to celebrate you know also seeing Marley back um and then a celebration for her little boy you know it's wicked um and player of the match spoke about it on the BBC interview Abby Ward was class um Abby Scott as we all well, I'm actually really surprised that we haven't seen any reports because you do at times get people put on to cover the women's game who aren't necessarily familiar with it and I'm surprised that we haven't seen a England debutant Abby Ward picks up player <laughs> of the match because obviously her records previously are not as Ward so I've been I've been like looking for it because I thought someone's going to do it someone's going to do it somewhere and then you'll be straight in there to swoop it in um, Wait, no, I think Little shout out to the new caps though. Um, I think, you know, Moena Tallinn getting a first star, first like debut, playing really well. She is a brute. She's 18 years old and she was just smashing it. Looked like she'd always been there. Um, so is she now the youngest England cap or is Mick still the youngest England cap? I'm not quite sure. I think it's Mick just on a couple of days because of their birthdays. But um it's not she's not even a player that I've been able to see play yet it's absolutely mad for me but it shows where the game's gone she's um a, a brilliant talent and I think the fact that her and Abby played you know because actually earlier on in the tournament Zoe Allcroft who was in the line out calling the line outs 
then went on to win player's player because of how amazing she was in the second row. So you're kind of looking at the depth of England and, and that links into where England men are. You know, I did a review um, online with Tom May and a few other players with um, some corporates on Friday. And, and actually one of the things we spoke about was the depth of England men and the fact that any team they're putting out at the moment is ridiculous. And the England women are in the same place um, just with, with where they're at and and I think that that's a credit to the Allianz Premiership like being played and getting more opportunity I think where I would question England and I have done and I've been brutal is the depth behind their their old girls so um, Skaz, uh, Katie and Sunta and I think it genuinely is if I was trying to work out the last time I have seen an England team without one of them on the field I reckon it's over a decade ago. I can't work it out. I think it is. And, um, and that happened. It happened for 20 minutes. It was a little bit of, there was a bit of disarray. Um, but Helen Rowling came on into the tenure and yeah, it was good. That's what needs to happen for England. And it needs to be unsettled because it then proves what the old girls are doing. Um, so yeah, I think England are in a good place. My concern in, in that period when none of them were on the field. I couldn't work it out. I think it was Abby Ward. I think she's always been part of the leadership group. Um, and Who do you see at the moment as a future England captain if you take the big three out of the equation there? Um, I think the way that they've gone, I think it would be Abby Ward. Um, I think one thing I, I really like about Abby is how gnarly and horrible she is and what you need in, up in the front at five. Um, she puts her body on the line, is very straight talking, got a huge amount of respect from the players and... I think, you know, I think she'd be great. Oh, you're frozen. Hello. One eternity later. My you say your battery. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what? I, do you know what? This is where I'm going to pick the podcast up. There is nobody on earth whose battery dies as much as yours. You, do you know that you're just meant to plug it into a charger and just charge the whole thing up? Do you walk around with it on 10% at all times? It's my laptop. I thought I'd done it. Just plug it in whilst we're recording <laughs> so it doesn't die halfway through a podcast. Then it means I have to drag the charger across and Char- Koya normally trips over it so it gets all a bit... She's got four legs. If she trips over and hurts one, there's three more. Ah, oh, that is mean. No, what's mean is you doing this to me all the time. Right, let's move on from England women, England men won the championship and had the worst trophy lift I've ever seen. Have you seen it? I just saw pictures and it was, yeah. I actually thought that we couldn't get worse than listening to players sing their anthem in an empty stadium, but listening to players do their own cheering for a trophy lift is... You know what? I am so pleased. And I made a comment, actually, I'm so pleased I am not having to sing that anthem in front of the cameras because I am so bad and they kept going in close to Amber Reed and her Bristolian accent I was like she she's not the most in tune when she sings but she belts it out um and I just was like oh this is amazing I would have been mortified if they you come know who's me. like gutted that they're injured Ken Owens is definitely gutted that he's not having this moment in the sun to sing the anthem so that people go goodness me Ken Owens what a great voice <laughs> 
Just imagine on the weekend like this could have been it. This could have been it. We were talking about captains, but we I mean we can. Well, I mean your battery died, so that chat's over. You deserve that. Um, England men. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Six Nations Champions 2020. Ben Young's 100th appearance in white. Two tries on the night. Yeah. Out of five on that, didn't I? Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they were going to put more points on Italy, if I'm honest. Oh, you know what? It was just really bizarre. It was like a, it was kind of like a training match where they're like, for periods of time, you have to kick the ball. You can't yeah. like, it, like let's practice our kicking. So let's just keep kicking. Um, but that's the rule, and you can't do it you, if you don't. Then you get marched back or something. I, like because every time they played, they scored, and there's some really good bits. Yeah. Um, I just felt like it was. It was a bit rubbish that England played to wear Italy down rather than just play to attack and, and yeah. enjoy the game. And I think I understand why they would have a game plan like that. But after a little bit of time, you kind of think, come on, just like we can change tact here a little bit and just like move it and shift it. And fair play to Italy. No disrespect, disrespect to Italy, but... England playing like that weren't going to lose the game. And that's where you just felt like this is meant to be the showpiece tournament of Northern Hemisphere rugby. We're not going to turn any fans onto wanting to watch this sport with a game like that. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of an odd one. Um, but fair play, like it was really, like you said about Ben, I think uh, Jamie George getting his 50th, um, which was kind of overlooked by the fact that Ben was having his 100th, um, but both of them scoring on those momentous occasions. Johnny Hill having... His first what, what start. A few weeks for that kid. No. Like. And then literally was like mic drop moment when he got home, put his cap and then his like three medals. Yeah. Like, oh, what a few weeks. And then someone also, I think it was Ugo put out a really good tweet um, about Henry Slade having scored in all three games. And it was like, ah, ah, yeah. ah look at me. I did laugh though because I thought, 
as I often do, like one question, and I've, you've had this one so many times when people, journalists or Q&As, people say, so what England try stands out for you in your memory? And no rugby player can ever remember any of the tries they scored. You're lucky <laughs> that you scored one in a World Cup final because it means you can just default to that. But Henry Slade definitely won't be mentioning his flop over the line against Italy in a Six Nations winning match. Hey, try to try though. Try but, to try. Um, try to yeah, try. and then also, obviously, uh, Tom Dunn, Ollie Lawrence, Ollie Thorley. I thought, um, oh, Coy's having a good old drink next to me. Um, <laughs> she likes her hydration. Tell you what, she's on top of it. Um, yeah, Peggy does as well, but she's obviously got a weak bladder, so we have to keep on top of her, <laughs> top of her hydration. So. Is that what your problem is? Is that why you don't drink very much? No, and please don't talk about my weak bladder on the podcast because <laughs> the people at home don't need to hear about that. Anyway, we digress from first We digress from the rugby to my bladder. Um, um, I Talking of Ben Youngs and Jamie George scoring on their milestones, Kean Healy also scored on his 100th cap appearance. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I wonder if they um, had a fiver on both of those. Not quite, um, not quite the finish though for Ireland. Um, and as I was kind of trying to build into with the captaincy, um, Johnny Sexton's behaviour. I know that you well. You forwarded me the article from Brian O'Driscoll, um, and uh, not ideal. Yeah, on the ball. Yeah. I, do you know what? Some of this. I think when your former teammates give you a bit of a knife for your behaviour, it should make you stop and reflect. Some of these things like. Johnny Sexton plays with his heart on his sleeve. It's one of the things that probably a lot of people love about him. And it means that that passion at times has seen Ireland and Leinster perform to another level. And I talk about it until I'm blue in the face, Leinster. Uh, But the 2011 Heineken Cup final (laughs) is a prime example of that. Johnny Sexton single-handedly essentially brought Leinster back from almost certain defeat after a big Northampton performance in the first half to lift their second European crown. That was Johnny Sexton. That was Johnny Sexton at his absolute brilliant best. Johnny Sexton on on Saturday was an example of, of why some people don't like him and the petulant nature of being replaced, whether it was just his individual feelings, the fact that he was the captain being taken off, but his reaction as he went off was appalling and you'd hope that he has a bit of reflection and and is embarrassed about it's really hard obviously you can't control your emotions in in the moment and you can yeah it, and i, I I'm, trying actually, to, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because no, i, I think i actually think irrelevant of captaincy that's something that you don't behave like and i think there's a respect around players amongst with the referee and also with the coaches and this is behavior that we really pride ourselves on in rugby and it's moments like that that you just think that isn't respect for somebody and their decision irrelevant of how you're feeling irrelevant irrelevant of whether you're the captain i think with the the captaincy it's a fascinating one because everyone always i, I was saying like everyone always thinks it's the best player everyone always thinks it's the person that's guaranteed selection but also the responsibility of captain the decision making of what a captain does like what their role is off the field on the field um it it plays a part in how someone can perform and sometimes and i don't know the history too much of ireland and johnny in terms of what he was like pre-captain i mean obviously i paul o'connell do you know what i mean like yeah. actually does it add to his game or does it take away? You know, I, I think in the World Cup, Katie Daly-McLean was, you know, she was 
and is a fantastic leader and a great captain. Um, she was also in that in that tournament in 2014, dealing with a really bad knee injury, and so had a huge amount of pressure put on her. Um, and I think she did a fantastic job. And she's but. I also think we're now seeing a different side to Katie's game yeah. because she doesn't have that pressure and she is getting better and better and better each season. And, and it's not to say that she wasn't a great leader. It's also to say that this is a player in a different position because someone else is taking that responsibility. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of a bit, weirdly, it's a bit shameful if you're a really good player and you're not made captain. Like I get introduced and people think because of who I am, because of my personality, because of my achievements, they also say, oh, an England captain. I'm like, ah, like yeah. it's really awkward when I say I'm not. And they're like, oh, as if it's like, so I'm not. never captained England at 15s at I, any point. I, I was vice captain um, for England over at Europeans. Um, I don't know whether I went into captaincy. I'm not sure. Um, I captained England A um, and I also captained England sevens really early on in my career. And I remember coming back from a sevens tournament. So we'd taken a young side out. Streety had we'd gone to the Europeans. I'd captained. Streety was our coach. We'd won the tournament. Um, and Streety took me out. We were up on um, the downs in Bristol, and we sat down. I remember the, I remember it so clearly. Him saying, "You know, if you're going to be a captain of your country, Nolly, you can't behave like you did." And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And for me, it was about passion, and it was about. You know, I, but I, he was like, everything that you're frustrated about as, your, as yourself as a player, you're now reflecting onto your team. And it looks like you're annoyed with the team. And I said, no, God, no. Like, I, I thought the girls were great. I was just really annoyed with myself. And like in a couple of games, I didn't perform. Yeah. And he was like, but that's not the role of a captain. You have to hold for, for all of the girls and be far more kind of consistent. And it was brilliant to hear that as an 18, 19 year old, because it was this moment of, okay, like I need, to to understand the impact I'm having and and actually you know to captain England Day which is senior side at 19 years old was huge um and I think they saw leadership qualities in me um but I was also a talented young player um and they put it on me was it the best option I don't know I don't know whether it was too much pressure for me because I was playing scrum half and it was there was a lot going on and I would super competitive person but the other side you know then fast forward a few years and at 23 years old in a throwaway comment potentially that was said Nikki Ponsford told me I'd never captain England because of my behavior with regards um you know how in inverted commas outspoken I was I was challenging things and and actually I just saw it as I wanted the best for the team and that I just I was challenging because I just didn't agree with certain things. And, and for her to say that was heartbreaking and it stuck with me, you know, as I say, she might not even remember saying it, but it was a moment of realization that if I wanted to be a captain of my country, I would probably have to change who I was. Yeah. And, I, and I remember speaking to my dad a few years later and, and actually in recent years speaking to him and saying one of the, one of the things that, well, there's a couple of things I feel I didn't achieve in my career that is difficult to take one is not becoming a centurion um i feel like if i hadn't been injured then that would have happened and then also the fact that i didn't get the opportunity to captain england and because i think for everybody that's you know would be a dream come true and yeah. and actually what they wanted from an england captain wasn't what i could provide and and actually would that have 
if I'd captain England, would I have been the player I, I was on the field? And I don't think I would have. I think I would have, you know, not had the freedom to express myself, to challenge things. Um, so I, I don't well, know. You're quite unique in the fact that, and it, it's across both the men's and the women's, there's a level of having to toe the line to take that captaincy role. It's certainly if you look at, I think when you reflect on Chris Robshaw's career now, and he, he actually had such a torrid time of it in 2015 and afterwards and beforehand. But he, if you cut him in half, he said RFU in the middle. And, <laughs> and there, were, you know, there were times where, I know when I was at Sky Stewart, Barnes would be calling week in, week out for Chris Robshaw to be dropped because he wasn't a proper seven. Uh, he was a six and a half. And do you think that the RFU put a lot of emphasis on to be captain, you have to be part of the RFU brand and that has to come first? Yeah, the off-field stuff is super important, obviously, for the RFU. And, and there is so much more to it. Um, you know, Sunta has to deal with so many, like, meetings and, you know, actually be, try and be the voice of the player, still perform for herself, and then, obviously, kind of tickle the boxes from the RFU's perspective. I think it's just interesting how the perception of captain on the outside for everybody, it depends on the culture from the inside and that you you are the the mirror for that you are the person that is the showing that and I think Sinta's done a great job it was good to see um her um out in Italy um obviously that to me is a big statement from Mids to show the value of that he puts on her in her leadership um the fact that Skaz took the the actual armband on the get in the game um again shows he feels like she brings to the to the field I think from from Skaz's perspective she's very very calm um she actually is very quiet on the field um and, and obviously more leads by example when she's playing um she's not really really vocal um but off the field is a big key decision maker um will influence a lot around game plan and stuff like that so yeah it, I, I suppose it's just like I say, when you've seen the inner workings of why captains are captains, it's not because they're the best player. There are a lot more things that go into it. And quite often it's a reflection of who the coach is and how the coach likes to run the game rather than necessarily what the public are calling for. Yeah. Um, and then whether that role adds to their performance um, as a player, because that fundamentally is the most important thing is if they are one of your best players, they need to be one of your best players week in, week out. Yeah, I think um, it kind of brings us on to to Wales and I just wanted to just have a, like a couple of words on it from the perspective of I'm doing some work this week for Scrum 5 about Wayne Pivak and whether it, he's, he's on a really short time frame in terms of what he needs to do with Wales. And I think when a new coach comes in, they often have an opportunity to change that captaincy without it being looked upon as you're going to drop that player. It's just a kind of change in regime and who you want to work with. Obviously he hasn't done that. Alan Wynn retains the captaincy, um, obviously became the most capped player in the world on the weekend in a lost Scotland. Um, But it's now a kind of critical juncture for Wales. And I think that Wayne Pivak if he makes changes to that team and they look like a different team to Warren Gatlin's team, he could still lose matches and the Wales public will be on his side. Whereas if he continues to play a similar starting 15 to what Warren Gatlin was playing in the tail end of last year at the World Cup and they continue to lose matches, people will turn on him and it will seem like he's got a very short time frame to get things right. 
But from your perspective, how destabilizing do you think it is to make wholesale changes to a squad? We talked last week about... I think what is difficult for Wayne Pivac is the fact that this year has been so unsettled and actually would we have seen a slightly different squad by the time we got to this autumn if we'd he'd had the full season you know since world and cup at all, yeah yeah um i think naturally at the end of this season you'll see a change in in personnel because people will step away potentially um or other people will come up to their standard and it's it's really difficult when you've got somebody that is playing really, really well at the top of their game as a senior international, and then there's a big drop between them and the next player coming through. I think that decision is far easier when they come up side by side, um, because then you can look to the future. Um, and, you know, we saw it with the women's team um, it was heartbreaking and I actually think wrong um, the way that um, Izzy Noel-Smith and Tamara Taylor were dropped for the last Six Nations game of their international career. But the, the reason was um, we're looking for the future and we don't have that many test matches before the next World Cup, which is crazy. I mean, it's crazy because England women have so many games, yeah. but um, it's, it's that where there is someone coming through and they have a different style. I actually think watching Wales and, you know, I'm looking from the outside and I don't know the ins and outs, but um, I actually feel like they are playing a slightly different way. They're, they're keeping the ball alive. They're offloading. Um, and unfortunately, when you're changing and transitioning between styles of play, there isn't the synergy that you will have seen over the last how many years under Warren Gatlin. So mistakes happen and then teams that are good will punish you for those mistakes um so yeah i do think my my concern as a fan like regardless of like work stuff and and you know that kind of thing as a wales fan i worry about misguided loyalty and i worry that i do think we've got this issue because we have a four-year world cup cycle and a four-year lion cycle that run overlapping and if the lions gets postponed a year and is going to be in 2022, there is going to be a Lions tour in a lot of players' minds that I'll go out on that. That's how I'll finish. I want to go to South Africa. I'll hang up my international boots after that. What are we going to do if that gets postponed? Are, are we going to be playing 36-year-old second rows when, we're we, when, we, when we're then two years away from a World Cup because we want them to be able to go on a Lions tour? Are we going to play a 10 who perhaps isn't going to make the next World Cup, but we think he could make the Lions tour. At what point do you draw a line in the sand and say, okay, it's not our concern. If you want to go on a Lions tour, play the best rugby you can for your club. The coach knows you well enough to pick you if he thinks you're the one. I do worry that that is putting a kind of slight shadow over decision-making and selection. I think it's a very good point, Laura Jane Jones. Thank you. Um, And are we going to have a Sergio Prise moment where it's like, oh, no, not going to celebrate at this game. No, oh, we're not going to finish. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good point and something that people forget when you're looking at opportunities for players and when to retire. But interestingly, I think we've spoke about it on the pod before. I remember after the Olympic Games speaking to Rodders, um, James Rodwell, um, on the athlete bus going to the athletics go and watch Jess Ennis um, and Usain Bolt compete in Rio and same to him you know I don't know what I want to do like should I retire should I stay like everyone's telling you know everyone tells you like a certain thing to retire after a big tournament or a big moment and he was like if you're playing really well like don't like you don't need to if you're enjoying it you're playing well and and adding value um then 
then why do you need to do it? And I think the problem is, is that is completely intertwined that people feel like they've got to go to the biggest thing to finish. Um, and it doesn't always work like that. And unfortunately that's what's sad about sport is that you don't get many fairy tales. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the fact that the Lions is a year after the World Cup is brilliant for the public because it's like you can, if especially if it aligns with the World Champions. So two um, years after the World Cup. So it fits oh yeah, of course. Sorry, two years in the yeah. middle of the cycle, whereas we could be looking at a Lions year being the year before a World Cup. And how is that going to stunt selection and decision making? Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what year it is. <laughs> Let's forget this year. Anyway, um, you've got places to go today, so we should probably wrap this up. Um, I do want to just, um, not that she's going to listen to this podcast because I don't think she's ever listened to it before, but who knows? Uh, My little sister has got COVID. Um, She has done her 10 days isolation. She's obviously a frontline nurse. She's very poorly. And I just want to say that I love you and I think that you're a hero. Just want to say it publicly on the pod. Ah, yeah. Poor son. We love you. We love ultimate, you. Ultimate tryhard when it comes. Here's the to ultimate tryhard stuff. Um, yeah, and I've got a little thank you. Not as emotional as that. You've kind of made me look bad. But um, I was just going to say thank you to everyone that has um, been joining the Laureus crew and the challenge London to Tokyo. Um, I'm noticing that you're not moving too far on your kilometres added. Okay. But can I say, Lowry, Lowry absolutely smashed it. Screenshot, 100 kilometres already. She's going to keep going. Yeah, She's behind the flag well. for wheels. Did you look at the dates on it? She'd done it in seven days. I was like, why could you make me look any worse? <laughs> and we've got some, we had some celebrity guests, say so Meg Jones, England Sevens and Wasps player, and um, potentially England this year as well, 15s. She's joined. Alex Matthews has put her kilometres. So when she got extra game time for Marley's blood, I was like, winning. There's yes. more kilometres on the in the pot. Does that and register? Lee McKenzie's joined as well. Has so, she? Yeah, superstar. She is stomping the um, the sands of Scotland at the moment. So she's adding up kilometres. So thank you to everybody. Anyway, <laughs> I've got to shoot off. Um, send my love to Sophie and uh, see you all next week. See you next week, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.